You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Monday. Happy Monday, everybody. March 7th, 2022. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right. We're back. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Weather got a little bit nice. If you're, you're uh, if you're in the metro area, if you're if you're uh, if you're around Detroit, weather was pretty decent this weekend. Hopefully, uh, maybe got out a little bit. Had had a nice weekend. Try to clear your mind of all of the the nonsense happening between the players' union and the owners. Just just cleared your mind. Had a nice relaxing weekend. I truly hope you did. That being said, it's now Monday, the weekend's over, so we all have to be reminded of it. And this weekend, (laughs) that was a slick transition, right? Uh, (laughs) This weekend, a report came out, I don't even remember if it was on Friday or Saturday, I just remember being angry about it, that uh, Chris Illich was one of only four owners to, that was not even in favor of raising the luxury tax to where it was at in the most recent offer, which was $220 million. Okay. Now I tweeted out how much of an embarrassment I thought that was, how much of a joke I think that is. And it is an embarrassment and it is a joke and it's dumb and it's, it's embarrassing. That's, that is the word. It's embarrassing. And while I think most people agree that it is embarrassing, there are definitely some people out there that are that are on the owner's side and disagree with that, and that's your opinion. You have every right to think whatever you want. I'm going to lay out why I think it's embarrassing and try and uh, rebuttal against some of the common points that are made in favor of the four owners that didn't even want to go up to 220. First off, is just how many teams are even close to the luxury tax. Well, I mean, that's that that's pretty plain and simple in my eyes. The reason that not very many teams are close to it or over it is because that's where the luxury tax is. I, I don't think that one's really rocket science. I, 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 don't, I don't think that one takes too much, uh, too, too much research to figure out. Uh, the reason that not too many teams are at or over the luxury tax is because that is where the luxury tax is currently. This notion of, oh, well, and why do they even want it to go up that much? No one's going to spend that much money. No one's even close to spending that much money. Look at all the team payrolls. They're not even close. Yeah, the, right. They're not even close because because the luxury tax is is lower. That's that, it's kind of how that works. So that we'll, we'll start with that and get that one out of the way because... That one makes, I I guess, the least sense in my eyes. Going forward now, on some of the other points, there's been several people that I have seen make comments about, oh, well, the Tigers' payroll is lower than a lot of teams, even after signing Erod and Javi, so it would make sense 
to want to keep it low. And Chris is actually being competitive. He's he's actually wanting to win because he he doesn't want uh, the the big market teams and the super rich owners to be able to to buy more talent and be even better than him. He's actually has the team's best interest in mind. That would be true if Chris Illich was spending like all of all all the money he had currently. If if Chris Illich's net worth was by far the the lowest in baseball of the 30 owners. You you might be able to make that argument. But Chris Illich is one of the richest owners in all of baseball and one of the richest owners in sports. The Illich family, as we all know, owns the Detroit Tigers, the Detroit Red Wings, Little Caesars, uh, a lot of stuff in the city of Detroit, movie theaters, restaurant chains, etc. The list goes on and on. Okay, Chris Illich is is worth billions of dollars, plural, billions. That's how much the Illich family is worth. So your argument, that argument, not you. I'm not directing this at anyone. Truly, that argument is is, is null because Chris can more than afford to do this. More like comfortably like fractions of pennies to us comfortably can afford to do this okay so my interpretation I guess we'll word it that way my interpretation of it is Chris Illich wants to spend as little money as possible so maybe he is wanting to to put a cap on some of the teams that are actually willing to spend more money but that still goes back to the point of him being a cheapskate. Do you get what I'm saying? There's there's a difference between not wanting to spend money you can more than afford to, to spend and I can't afford to go any higher because I'm a tiny small market owner and I, and I can't afford to compete with the bigger teams. First off, all 30 of these owners can afford to spend at, at all the way up to the luxury tax comfortably, but that's besides the point. We're only focusing on Chris Illich. So do you get the difference? There's a difference between not wanting to spend and try and, I guess, keep it more competitive, it, 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 which I don't even think it's that personally, but if you want to look at it from that from that angle, always trying to keep it more competitive, well, that still means that he's being cheap because he, he can afford to, to, <laughs> to spend as much as the Yankees. In his sleep, he can. He can afford to spend as, as much as the Mets payroll right now. And Cohen is comfortably the richest owner in baseball. So there's a difference between willingness to spend and, and being handcuffed and not being able to spend. And at the end of the day, like I said, I don't even think it's a competitive thing. I, I just think he, he wants everything to be as, as cheap as possible so he doesn't have to spend as much money as he can, and that's all there is to it, and there's nothing about competitiveness in there. However, even if you wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt there, it still comes back to him not wanting to spend money that he can more 
than afford to spend. Okay. So those are, are two of the, the biggest comments that have been that I've seen that have been made by people that are that are more pro owner and, and not really understanding or, or either not understanding or just flat out disagreeing with uh, my take on this him him declining that being a complete embarrassment. Chris then made a statement too, which like kind of confused me. Why would you even do that to yourself? Why like he's in hiding 98% of the calendar year anyway when we actually have baseball. Outside of the Erod presser, when was the last time you saw Chris Illich anywhere? Like never. He, he's pretty much in hiding, right? Mike was out all the time. He was out and and doing stuff and making comments and everything. Chris is 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 in hiding most of the time. So it, it, it was mind-boggling to me that he even decided to make this, co- like, come out and address it. And he didn't really address it. He, he made, like, a two-sentence statement, and it was just, oh, I, I'm not going to comment on the negotiations and, and what goes on within the negotiations and what we want and everything. But, you know, we want we want baseball back. Like, that was pretty much it. It was really non... Had no substance in it. Uh, but, it, it like, why even make a statement at all, dog? Like, what are you doing? What? I, I found it funny, honestly. I, I, I have no clue what is going through your brain where you're like, you know what? This report came out, and you know what would make it better? If I came out and made a statement that said absolutely nothing... If I came out and made a statement, but then in my statement say, I don't want to talk about it, that would help so much. Like, what are you doing, dog? Just stay stay in hiding that, that you're in. Like I said, most of the year when it comes to the Detroit Tigers and the Wings, honestly, just just don't do anything. Just chill. Every, every, nobody is on your side. Nobody agrees with, with it. Everyone's very upset with you right now. And the last thing that that's going to help this situation is is you making a statement, a, a two sentence statement about how you actually want fans back. So like, get just just go away, just go away. All right, we're gonna get into some more fun stuff here, but first I gotta tell y'all about BetOnline.net. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball either. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, and so much more. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, everybody, we are back here for segment two at Locked on Tigers. Thanks for making Locked on Tigers your first listen every day. Check out MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. we got a couple of uh, of, of mini-camp notes. We're done talking about the lockout. We're, we're done with that nonsense. We do have some baseball being played, and that's a beautiful thing, so we're going to focus on the positive here. The Detroit Tigers are currently in minicamp. All the minor leaguers, I should say, are in minicamp. The organization, not the Tigers themselves. So we have a lot of our top prospects and top minor leaguers all down there and uh, in Florida, in Lakeland, Tiger Town, baby. 
And they are playing some pickup games, some scrimmages, Team Trammel versus Team Horton. It's kind of cool. But we're going to talk about some of the standouts. Then we're going to talk about some comments Casey Mize made and why it's kind of cool, honestly, what he said. And then in the final segment, we are going to continue our Locked On MLB series we got going on. And we're going to rank where the Detroit Tigers are. Coaching and management managers, coaching staff and management. That's the right phrase. Ranks amongst all the teams in the AL Central. So, starting with minicamp. Some standouts so far. And this should all be taken with a grain of salt. But it's the only baseball we got in the organization right now. So, you 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 bet your bottom we're going to talk about it. Right? Dylan Dingler has been very good especially in the most recent game, but he's been really solid all around, really good at hitting. And and I think the biggest thing that people continue to talk about is how much he wants to be truly a catcher, like handle a coaching staff catcher. And that, that mindset for him to want to be so good at handling a staff like that is a beautiful thing. I Catchers have, I was a catcher my whole life. I, I love catchers, man. I really do. Fa- fa- man, they're just the best. They're just the best. So hearing that is music to my ears and should be music to everybody's ears. That's really awesome. Uh, Job did pitch. He only pitched one inning over the weekend, and he was a little sporadic with his command apparently in that one inning. But again, it's just one inning. Uh, we're not going to get too high with the highs or too low with the lows with any of these. All right. Uh, so. Job, little. I mean, the thing is, he he's also making adjustments so frequently already. They made the comp. We talked last week about uh, possibility of him tipping some pitches and having to adjust on that. So he's trying new stances out. He's trying new timing out when it comes to rhythm and everything. He he is very much a work in progress, as are most of these guys. And it's just really cool to see him willing to learn and wanting to do these in-game adjustments so frequently. One of the other big standouts. Andre Lipsius, which is kind of exciting. He's a guy that consistently last season was kind of brought up as, you know, maybe an under the radar prospect. And he didn't hit super well last year. He struggled, honestly, at times. And it's just nice to see him kind of off to a hot start. He, He had a long ball this weekend. It's cool. It's nice to see. And he's getting up there in age, but he was a third round pick a couple of years ago. So it's really, really cool just to to see him kind of get in the groove, even if it is against minor league pitching and it is a spring game. Again, not too high with the highs, not too low with the lows. It's just nice to see him get off to a nice start. And Andre Lipsius could be someone in the minor league season that, that we keep an eye on. Because again, last season, he kind of gained a lot of traction, even within his struggles, gained a lot of traction as, as being one of the surprisingly more talked about prospects. Uh, in the entire organization. I mean, outside of Dingler, Torkelson, Green, and, well, Kreidler, um, outside of those four, I would say, I mean, he was one of the most talked about prospects kind of in, in the org last year for good or bad. So cool to see his name already kind of popping out there already again this early on. Uh, so that's really all I got. I mean, there, there were a couple more pitching performances. Everybody's super excited for, for Dylan Smith, as I am. Dylan Smith, that's he, he's, a, he, he's a damn good pitcher, man. Y'all are going to see. He's a really, really exciting pitcher 
for real. I'm, I'm really pumped about Dylan Smith. Besides that, the only other thing really is, I mean, Bo Brisky started, I believe, on Saturday morning's game. Uh, he took a liner back to the shin, but everything seems fine. There hasn't been any update, but he didn't even have like a trainer come out or anything. So he, he seems more than fine. Bo Brisky, for those who don't know, you better learn about Bo Brisky. That's the dog. He uh, he came on to the show as well last year. You can go find that interview. Uh, doing a lot of stuff to, to improve his game. And, and it's been in the lab, man. Uh, last year, he won Tigers Minor League Pitcher of the Year. Kind of out of nowhere. And uh, it's cool to see him finally start getting some recognition. Move up Tigers organizational prospect rankings and such. The only thing I wanted to touch on from this past weekend was Casey Mize on Sunday. Uh, well, the story came out on Sunday. I'm assuming that probably means he made the comments earlier. But uh, on, on Sunday, we learned that he made some comments where he said down the road, he is, the exact quote is, definitely interested in becoming the Tigers MLBPA rep, the player rep. So for those who are unaware, how the union works and how the Players Association works is every single team has a player rep for it. Our player rep currently is Tucker Barnhart which is kind of wild because Tucker Barnhart has been a Tiger for like a couple of months. I guess technically he's been a Tiger for like weeks because we acquired him in a trade and then a lockout happened. I don't know if you, so if you exclude lockout time, he's been a Tiger for, for yeah, like days or weeks. Um, but he is our player rep. And if you, you should probably follow him on Twitter. He drops a lot of knowledge about the situation and such. Uh, definitely will talk back to people that are pro owner in the situation again in my opinion rightfully so but uh definitely lets his voice heard and and by all accounts in Cincinnati as well he is a fantastic rep really is a a, a great guy I mean nobody you saw we right we we all saw when he got traded to Detroit all the Reds players having big long posts and and screenshots of their notes section length posts about how great Tucker Barnhart is. So it's cool to have him as rep currently, but I mean, we all know that he's not a long-term piece of this puzzle and Casey Mize is. And so it's cool just to hear him already being like, Hey, like I'm, I I know about this. I know what I want. If you follow Mize on, on, he doesn't really tweet anymore. I don't, I think he might've deleted all of his tweets, honestly, but on Instagram, He's constantly putting stuff on his Instagram story about the negotiations and such. Uh, and, and by all accounts, he's super intertwined with it and, and is super intelligent just in general, but also on the, the situation, on the negotiations and such. So it's it's just cool to hear, really. I, I just wanted to point out those comments and talk about how cool that is that our 1-1 pick that is you know deemed the one of the key pieces of the future for this team is, is so... Is, is already wanting to take that leadership role. And and like I said, Barnhart is our player rep currently. He's only on a one he only has one year left on his deal, I should say. Before Barnhart, it was Matt Boyd for a while. And Matt Boyd did a great job by all accounts. Matt Boyd has even made comments about Casey Mize and and his future within the team and how he's going to be a great leader and such. So it, it it seems to be a nice fit. Most people seem to agree that it, it would make sense and it would be a, a, a great kind of passing of the torch thing. But it, it, at the end of the day, right now, it's just a, a comment that's been made, but it's a really cool comment at that. So I just wanted to bring that up. That's all. We will get into ranking where Detroit Tigers coaching staff and management 
ranks amongst the AL Central teams. But first, I got to tell y'all about Built Bar. This is the time of year that a lot of people have given up on their news resolutions, but not this year if your resolution is to eat right, and that's thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because everyone actually enjoys eating them. If you haven't tried the Puffs, you are missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors, yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, they're so good. These are going to be your new favorite, I promise. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, Puffs included, that's 100% Real chocolate, low-calorie, high-protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They're better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Most Built Bars are 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. You compare that to a candy bar, which usually has about 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. They think a flavor might be good. They'll make it. It will be delicious, and it will be good for you. At Built Bar, they are all about taste. They make it taste delicious first and then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every single time. So go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. This episode is also brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders parts on their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers, you have a smartphone, you have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So save time and money. And use Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even a new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck and write Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box to know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com all right everybody we are back here for our third and final segment of locked on tigers we are going to be ranking mostly managers but really the entire coaching staffs and i guess the only reason that i want to say entire coaching staffs is because i want to give credit where credit is due to everybody not named aj hinch as well A.J. Hinch is bar none, in my opinion, the best manager in baseball, but even if you disagree with that, he is undubitably, he is he is inarguably one of the three or five best in the entire sport, and we saw just how much of an improvement everything within this organization had this past season. I mean, from top to bottom, not just the Detroit Tigers. I mean, I mean, we were talking, you know, people in the lower levels of the minors, people, coaching staffs in in AAA, coaching staffs in AA, gutted and brought in with with people that more fit what the organization is trying to do. It it truly is the the AJ Hinch show, and that is such a great thing for this organization. All right, so AJ Hinch, I. Well, we're not going to start. We won't start with the Tigers. Let's give some of the bottom 
teams out of the way. All right. So at five, we're going to have the Kansas City Royals. The Kansas City Royals are led by Mike Matheny. There's not a lot of talent in the major leagues yet with this organization. This is almost certainly going to be the fifth place team in the AL Central this upcoming season. That being said, Mike Matheny, in my opinion, is not doing this team any favors. Uh, we, we saw what kind of happened and transpired with the Cardinals. Uh, the, and the Cardinals roster, you know, we, we can argue about how that's been constructed over the last five or six years as well. But uh, I personally, my ideology of how to manage a baseball team or how to run a baseball team does not line up very well with the style of Mike Matheny. And at the end of the day, he is actually a Major League Baseball manager, and I am a dude that talks about Major League Baseball managers. So my opinion isn't worth anything to any of these people, but we are here to rank the managers, and I'm going to have Mike Matheny come in at five, okay? So we have the Kansas City Royals coming in at fifth in the manager slash coaching staff, but really just manager, but for the Tigers, maybe it's coaching staff. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm rigging this. Regardless, I don't really care. It's my show. So we're going to have the Royals come in at five. Then we are going to have, man, this it's a tough one. I'm going to be honest. I'm not a huge fan of any of the managers in the AL Central outside of ours. To the point where, I, uh, I mean, we'll just spoil it. Okay, I already said he was the best manager in baseball earlier. The Tigers are number one in this. And and I think it's it's asinine if you don't agree with that. I think it's preposterous. If you watched an ounce of, of really baseball period, if you kept tabs on baseball in any capacity last year, I think it is unbelievable. It's, it's inexcusable to not have the Detroit Tigers at number one on this list. I really do. Compared to the other managers in the AL Central, what, like, what are we talking about? It's not even close. I, I think there's a, there's, there's a cliff. The, right there's the rich teams, there's the poor teams, are fifty feet of crap. Then there's us. There, there's there's fifty feet of something in between the the Tigers and even whoever you have at second. I I, I truly do think it's it's un like like I said inexcusable to have any other team at number one. And we'll get into the you know the other coaches that have made a big impact at the end, but it, it's just. I, I, I'm so happy that this is our coaching staff. I really am. And I think that they're going to accomplish great things going forward. I'm really, really excited about it. Mike Matheny is, and the Royals are coming in at five. At number four, I, I mean, I don't even know where to go. Like, I, I guess I guess we'll go Rocco Baldelli. And, and that might just be more situational than it is actually his managerial style. I mean, he won 100 games his first year there in 2019. That was a much better roster. And the team doesn't have that great roster anymore. The team's pitching staff has been gutted. It's going to be really rough this upcoming season. Uh, they had a really weird and, and rough year last year, but they're kind of doing the Pistons thing where they're not completely all out of it, but also they're, they're, they're extending like Buxton and, and some of the big-name people. I don't know. It's, it's a weird situation. I have nothing against Rocco Baldelli, but he's going to have to just situationally I guess going to have to come in at four. At number three, we have the Chicago White Sox. Tony Larusa. For those who have been following me on Twitter for a while, you you will remember 
White Sox fans do not like me very much. White Sox Twitter is not a big fan of yours truly, like at all. They 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 hate me. That will we'll be blunt about it. They despise me. And that started. There were two in, two incidents, I guess we'll call them. Uh, one is I was a guest on another show uh, before. Was it before the 2020 season? I think it was before the 2020 season. I think. I guess it might have been before the 2021 season. It's just that was such a short year. I don't remember which. But regardless, I was a guest on a show and I said that Giolito was overrated and Tim Anderson was widely overrated and a bunch of other stuff. And that the clips of that show made its rounds through uh, White Sox Twitter and it still comes up in my mentions and on my timeline anytime I speak anything on the White Sox. So they're already not a big fan of me because of that. And then they hired Tony La Russa. And I made a video pretty much two and a half minutes long of me just crying laughing. That, that was pretty much the entire video. Two and a half minutes of tears rolling down my face, unable to breathe because of how hard I was laughing, that they signed LaRusso with Hinch still available, and then we just got gifted AJ Hinch. So White Sox fans don't like me very much. Uh, my opinion is null. I, I actually don't mind the White Sox. Honestly, if I had to rank all the teams in the Yale Central, they'd probably be the, the highest ranked in terms of my likeness towards them of all the other AL Central teams, sans the Tigers. Uh, but not, neither here nor there. They don't like me. I, whatever. That's fine. Tony La Russa is not equipped for the current era of Major League Baseball. Um, no matter what comes out of these negotiations, he still won't be. I, I, We saw it in the postseason. We, we saw it in the regular season at times. We saw it in series against us. It's I, I, I think it's unbelievable that they pretty much only hired him to to write a quote unquote wrong of firing him like forty years ago. It's just all ridiculous. And it's hilarious because at the end of the day it is an interdivision rival and I am a, still a very big fan of it. It, it is the k- gift that keeps on giving as far as I am concerned. So Tony the Roost is gonna come in at three and honestly, if he didn't have the roster he had, it he would be probably lower. He is being saved by the fact that I, I, I can't in good faith put a team in fourth or fifth with their coaching staff that is pr- almost certainly going to win the division this upcoming season if there is one, right? So he's going to come in at number three. The White Sox are going to come in at number three. Number two is going to be the Guardians, and honestly, I'm not a huge Tito fan either. Uh, not that he he's absolutely a, a, a legend in Terry Francona in the in baseball. Um, he he deserves a ton of credit. He's overcome a lot of stuff. He is a great human being through and through. It's just I, I again like it. He's a little too old school of a manager for me. And there's a lot of bunting. There's a lot of big on small ball. There's and and that's just not how I see the game. So. Again, when it comes to, to, at the end of the day, he's one of the most accomplished managers in the history of baseball, and I'm a dude talking about him, and he deserves all the credit in the world. But when we're ranking, when we're comparing him to A.J. Hinch, there, there's no contest. It's not close. 
A.J. Hinch is, is comfortably a better manager. And so at number one, we're going to have A.J. Hinch. The reason that I kept putting coaching staff at the end is honestly because of one person. The whole coaching staff's phenomenal. And it's so phenomenal that throughout the season last year, in the middle of a baseball season, our, our coaches were getting poached by colleges and, and, and teams to have bigger roles within those organizations and those teams. So like we, we established a, a juggernaut of a coaching staff. In my opinion, it was the best coaching staff in baseball. And it was so good that, that we lost some guys to, to other gigs where they could have bigger roles on those teams. But Chris Fetter, we, we have A.J. Hinch, who I believe is the best manager in baseball. We have Chris Fetter, who I believe is the best pitching coach in all of baseball. The, the things that Chris Fetter has already accomplished, the resume that he had, if you follow college baseball, what he was able to accomplish with uh, U of M's coach, coach, why do I keep saying coaching staff? U of M's pitching staff uh, when he was there is, is unbelievable heights. He, he continues to make the progress with that and to make adjustments. You, you hear players at the end of every game and they talk about, oh, what worked? Why did you do this? Why did you do this? It's always, oh, Chris told me to do this. Chris thought it would be a good idea. You know, Fetz told me like, it's, it's all that, man. He is so good at his job. The Yankees tried to poach him a while ago and he was like, I'll stay at U of M. Then the tiger spot opened up. He went that, 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 those are the dogs. I'll go there. It's, it's just awesome. And he's a great guy. It's Chris Fetter, man. This is a Chris Fetter stand account forever. I, oh, I, I adore that man. George Lombard, a guy that every single off season is in the running to become a manager somewhere. He's our bench coach. He, he, he was my like third choice to be manager of this team <laughs> before we hired AJ Hinch. He was in my top three or four. Like he, he's a, a phenomenal baseball mind that we have as our bench coach, as another brain to bounce ideas off of and strategies off of and such. And again, that's all just highlighted and comes to a point when you have the best manager in baseball. There is no contest. It is not even remotely close. You can argue where the, ti- where, where the Tigers rank on all these other things we've gone over, bullpen, starting pitching, offense. We, we'll do defense next, then overall. You, you can argue with me on any of it. And we can have a, a, a conversation. You can make points. If you don't have the Tigers at number one in this category, I am not even entertaining an argument with you because you are so off base that it's not even worth it. The Detroit Tigers have comfortably the best manager and comfortably the best coaching staff in the AL Central. And you could even expand that to the American League. You could expand that to all of Major League Baseball. And I would still probably take our coaching staff over any other in the sport. The Dodgers would really be the only one that I'd have to really sit there and think about. And honestly, A.J. Hinge is a superior manager to Roberts. It really is the wretched of the staff and their system that is so impressive. So there you have it. The Detroit Tigers coming in at the top 
of your managerial slash coaching staff rankings in the AL Central. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues past and present. It's freely available wherever you get your podcast. This one ran a little long again, man. I like to talk apparently. Goodness gracious. That's news to nobody. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for rocking with me. We're going to get through this together. We're still going to make fun content. Uh, I got a lot of people reaching out telling me that Monday or Friday's show comparing the 03 and the 19 team was really cool. So we might do some more fun stuff like that. Maybe compare players, talk about lost players of the past, whatever. We're going to get through it and we're going to have a damn good time doing it. All right. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. And I will catch y'all on probably Wednesday. Go Tigers, baby.